five, four, three, two, one. I'm John Miglosh for the WDMA. We're going to be talking about keeping your customers satisfied today. And I went on YouTube and I found just the perfect intro for that. got to keep our customers satisfied. Okay, let's get over to some of the articles. Customer acquisition cost explained in five minutes or less by Bayasha Nath from GreekFair.com. It's just from the other day, last week. For every company, it's tempting to get new customers on board no matter how much cost, time, and energy you need to invest. Okay. So we're going to talk about customer acquisition, and customer acquisition means the total cost in getting your customers to buy your product and service. Okay, it's a very, very, very simple um, metric. You can just take it marketing and sales expense divided by the number of new customers. So... <clears throat> says if you spend $5,000 and you get 10 customers, then your cost of acquisition is $500 per customer. Okay, that's one way to think of it. Then he goes on and says there's factors. If you if you have a brand new company, it's going to cost you more to get a, to get a customer than if you're well established. Um, you know, what are you spending in ad expense? How much are you pay in your marketing department? What are you putting out for content? It could be very, very expensive. Maybe you just did a Super Bowl a Super Bowl commercial, yeah, technical and maintenance costs. But how do you optimize for this? Well, one is to improve the metrics, you know, your call to action. When somebody comes to your site, you know, ask for the order. Uh, explain your offer a little better. Test your offer. Um, you can use a CRM to follow up with, with uh, customers that visit. But another point he makes, and this is an excellent one, um, is... Take into account customer lifetime value. And if you do it well, you can do it by source. And you can compare the different uh, costs of acquisition. So we used to, in B2B, back in the day when I was doing these campaigns, you know, for example, we found that we could, it cost us about $200 per lead in the Wall Street Journal. But in a card deck, 
it only costs us like $2 a lead. Everybody hated those card decks, and they said they didn't work, but we could generate a lot of leads. And the other thing, then we would look at conversion percentage of how many of those converted to customers, and what we found was that it wasn't that, that, wasn't that different. The fact was that people would, would uh, ask for more information in those days, whether, whether they were in an expensive source or an inexpensive source, Nobody knew what they really wanted, and we got about the same proportion of customers. So it was way better to use an inexpensive source uh, because our conversion was best. And so we can also take that long, long-term stream. Uh, my friend Martin Baer came up with that idea. He was selling term life insurance, and uh, they were they were justifying the marketing expense based on the number of policies that they immediately reserve, received. Uh, and, you know, aimed for a break-even strategy. And he pointed out that in the term life business, the average uh, the average policyholder was going to last, let's say, five years. I don't remember the answer. But but that time from the first payment to the, to the you know, once a month, that would be 60 payments, um, you know, would be considerable profit. And he argued that they should use some portion of that profit to do, do, do greater acquisition. And that's a principle I want to talk about for a little bit uh, in the future. Um, the author doesn't really explain how to connect the two together. So we're going to go jump over to the bathtub model, which is something that I talked about yesterday. And we're going to see what we can get from that over here. Bathtub model. Okay, so here we go. Um, let's see, how do I get this to turn the page? Next. Okay. In order to assess the acquisition cost, what you really have to take into account is not just the initial sales value, which in that other article they don't take into account even the, even the, the entire offsetting profit. You know, you should really say, okay, what's our cost to get the order and what additional margin do we generate in that order once it's placed, right? So if you're, if you're, if you're spending $500 to, to acquire a new customer, but that new customer is instantly worth $5,000 and the profit on that order would be 1000 then your acquisition cost is really, uh, you could say, a negative cost, a positive. You're making money in prospecting, right? It's plus $200. Uh, really important to keep these things in mind and keep, uh, keep on track of this accounting. You can also take into account the down, downstream profitability, which is what Martin Bear argued and allowed Old Dominion life insurance to grow dramatically because of that new perspective on how they were figuring this thing. Oops, now I gotta go back here. Okay, your CFO will assess return on investment as both a rate of return, as we're discussing, or a payback period. So he may say, well, what's the time frame? If we take into account a, a subsequent order or two at the rate that our customers reorder, maybe that offsets additional amount of your customer uh, acquisition cost, okay? So maybe, and, and if that payback period then is 12 months, uh, then everything after that, subsequent lifetime value, 
would be gravy and would also offset and maybe give you a positive acquisition cost. Now, you got to be a little careful not to count this all double. <laughs> Say, well, our acquisition cost is zero, but our lifetime value is nothing. And this is why it's important to take into account your customer decay rate. This is actual customer decay uh, by year, by year, by year, by year, by year. And so what we see is, is that we, we, we lose about 60% of our customers. And then after that, we don't lose much at all, about 10% per year after that. One of the interesting things about this, about this uh, model was that at this point right here, they cut back. I think it was this, this, this point. Uh, what we did, we overlaid, we overlaid the years and we found out that in one particular year, they, they dramatically reduced their customer service staff, uh, probably to survive re recession and all of their, all of their customers, regardless of recency, were more likely to defect and never come back. <clears throat> Interesting. Okay. This is what a typical RFM profile of a customer looks like. Okay. Here's very high frequency buyers and very high revenue monetary buyers. Okay. So very, very few. There's basically a little tiny postage stamp of those. The height indicates the, the quantity of customers. And most of these cells are very, very sparsely populated. Almost nothing compared to zero. Now you get into the very low frequency. <clears throat> this is basically the one-time order orderers who also have very low monetary. Okay. And this is what your customer file typically looks like. I was talking with a, with a company the other day and they told me their, they told me their uh, zero to 12 month buyers. And I said, well, you must have about a million and a half uh, other, you know, people on file. And they said, yeah, we do. I said, well, that's, this is where your money is right here. This right here is where, and, and also some of these cells out here, because they have count and they have bought from you before, right? <clears throat> that's one of the magics here. If you say to yourself, well, I'm just going to mail my good customers. Yeah, there's just no count. It's not going to move the needle. It's not going to make your business bigger. You know, maybe you've been doing all acquisition, uh, pay-per-click or renting lists or whatever, totally cold contacts. Well, you may have eight times, six times more customers sitting in your file if you've been around for a while that could be marketed to, you know, and that can be a huge amount of money. Okay, so how do we know what customers are dead and which ones are alive? How, how do we know in that big column? When are they dead? I, I was a Land's End customer since the 70s, okay? But there was a time in the 90s or, or the aughts, I guess they call it, that I had an alternative and I was sort of incentivized to buy my menswear from them. Uh, Paul Frederick, excellent company. But uh, then that arrangement ended and I went back to Land's End. And after 10 years, I keyed in my, my username and password and sure enough, I still was in there. Good for you, Land's End. I really, you know, I'm always telling people why I like Land's End. It's wonderful. But the point is, is that your customers may look dead, but they may only be mostly dead. And it's hard to tell the mostly in term life insurance 
they either stop payment, right, or they or they let you know that they're not going to pay anymore, and you know the ones that are dead. But in the for the rest of our you know for our e-commerce companies or our catalog companies, we never know quite for sure which of those are dead. With Cabela's, we showed Dick Dick Cabela that mailing people who bought muzzle loaders four years later in hunting season, of course was almost as good, and he hadn't mailed them in three years, was almost as good as the hotline. In fact, it was a little better than the hotline. Okay. So how do we track customers? Well, one method is, and a lot of people try to do this, they try to put little tags on all their customers and see, you know, they come into the hopper, and then they're aging, and they go down in here, and down in here, they, they you know, are they dead or are they not? They haven't told us. We don't really know. Right. So John Worth came up with this alternative called the bathtub model. He denied that he came up with it, but I, I'm, I'm sure he did. And he can't deny it anymore. Right. Bless his soul. Anyway, so in this model, you've got a faucet. And this is your this is your spend, your customer acquisition cost. The more you spend on customer acquisition, the more you open up this faucet. And the more customers go falling into the into the bucket, okay? And they go in here, and you know we can we could sort of shake them so that their heads level off. And there's a level in the bathtub, right? There's a level of this is how many customers you generated up there, and that's the simple equation that we looked at with the customer acquisition cost, right? And more and more come in, but when you when you look at the level of the customers, they don't go up as much as the ones that you added. How is that possible? Well, the answer is that some of them are leaking out the bottom. And we're not even sure how many went down the drain, and we're not sure how many drains there are for the average company. But we can assess this line. We can look at where that line is. This is known. We know how much we're spending. We know how many customers are coming in. That's why CAC is an important number. Okay, we know the number. We know new to file, right? But we can also see that some of them, that it doesn't add up the way you'd like. It, it never goes up the full number, and that those are the ones going out the bottom and dying. Okay, and... You know, we continue this process year after year, and we got more and more people going down the drain, more and more people coming in. And if you look at it as a flow model, it gives you an easy way to assess the health of your company. If you stop spending, this line will go down because of the drain. And if you increase your spending, then this, then this level can go up, and you can keep track of it because you can look at it like a 0 to 12 month how many customers do we have in the 0 to 12 month window? Something like that. And that's where a catalog company would do it. Okay, so that's the story of the bathtub model. Let's just take another quick look at what, what uh, Joy Genduza did in her experience. My business survived two recessions by applying these three principles. And she said, uh, last year the U.S. reached its highest rate of inflation since 1981 which is the year I started as a, as a direct marketing consultant. So that's 52 years ago, is that 42 years ago? 42 years ago, yeah, it's a long time. My oh my, woo!
Okay, so she survived two recessions, and uh, last year she grew significantly. But back in 2008, the cut, the the sales were were going down fast, and her advisors suggested cutting back the marketing. Okay, and so she listened, and all of a sudden her revenue was was down 15 percent, and so she took a big pay cut. Must have had a big enough pay <laughs> that she could in increase her marketing based on her own pay. But anyway, and increased her marketing back to pre-cash, pre-crash totals. She also reached out to other industries that were already buying from her, and that's a lesson to figure out where are you having success, okay? And uh, in the in the recession, I mean in the uh, in the COVID shutdown, she. Uh, she, her weekly revenue fell 41% from mid-May to, from mid-March to end of May, but July 2020, because they were able to not lay anybody off, was their highest revenue month ever. So once again, the decision to keep marketing paid off, okay? And since 2020, they've had 17.5% annual growth, um, which is a lot better than they had back in the in the early days. And then she's got some other tips to reduce expenses and assess your message. There's one good thing in here. For example, in a recession, a gym membership may seem like a luxury. So you may want to reframe your message saying that exercise helps families cope. See, just a different perspective. But as we always say on the show, test, 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 right? Keep testing and you'll have things in mind to do when the you'll have different strategies and if you have your metrics in place you'll know what's going on so have a great day like and share and don't forget we're going to have our wdma meetup our winter meetup next tuesday february 28th at 3 p.m and you can go to wdma.org and up in the upper right on the on the website, you can find the registration button. So you just click on that. It's a bright red square. You can click on that and get right to the registration. And again, we've got a few more registrations in, and I will probably send out an email Friday, Monday, something in there maybe. Um, so thanks for watching. Have a great day.